Blog Talk Radio. Did you know that everyone is born with psychic abilities? It's just a matter of knowing how to tap into it. Wouldn't it be great to have a podcast that can help? This is the Psychic Inside Show. Joel the Vibrarian on a higher frequency is on a mission to elevate, enlighten, and empower. We're all born with gifts and abilities, but not all of us recognize or accept them. Hear from people who've opened up to the psychic inside. You'll hear their fascinating stories, and we'll take a peek behind the veil, plus psychic readings and more. Our phone line is open. Dial 646-787-8436. That's 646-787-8436. This is the Psychic Inside Show. And now your host, Joel the Vibrarian. Greetings and good evening. Hello? My name is Joel and this is the Psychic Inside Show. I am here on the Vibrary Radio Network, which is hosted on Blog Talk Radio. And each week I have the absolute joy and honor at connecting with people who I find absolutely amazing in order to share their story and their journey about how they discovered kind of, you know, who they were and how they're moving in the world today. So you can stream this show, of course, live here on the Blog Talk channel at 8 p.m. on Tuesdays. And we're also sent out on all the little podcast directories. So if you have Audible, iTunes, Google Play Music, Amazon Music, just search for the Psychic Inside Show, and you should be able to find and subscribe and keep up with the replays. Anytime that you hear one of these stories is the right time for you on your journey. I love these conversations because I really feel it's like you get to go into the library and find a book and pull it off the shelf and read something new. And that something new is what is provided by my guests when they fill in the pages and talk about their journey. So this is my second episode of a new season. And my guest last week was amazing, amazing, Sandy Buford Muhammad. And we had the most engaging conversation. And of course, she is a mutual connection from my guest tonight. In fact, I would not know her at all if it were not for my honored guest tonight. A few weeks ago, I started, I guess a couple months ago, I started running into this woman at various events around town, and she was always smiling, and she was sitting beside this awesome technology providing aura readings and aura aura guidance for people. And I, of course, saw her at one event. I thought, you know what? I think I need to talk to her. A few days later, I see her at another event. Like, yes, you need to talk to her. And then I think the third time was the charm when I bumped into Miss Nikki Nickerson, a beautiful soul aura photography. It was just a done deal. I knew that I was going to have further conversations with you, and spirit has blessed it to be so. Nikki, welcome to the Psychic Inside Show. 
Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I've been looking forward to chatting with you um, this week. And today is my birthday Eve, my personal (laughs) New Year's Eve. So um, I just think it's an awesome time to have a conversation about a journey and where we are in it, right? (laughs) I've been in a very reflective state. Well, Mm -hmm. absolutely. You know, I am just honored that you would choose to spend that time with us when we sent out the connection to try to see when we could fit in your very active schedule. Uh, It aligned perfectly for where you are this evening. And so this is beautiful, what, 12th house review as as we look back, (laughs) but also going forward. I mean, so you are vibrant and uh, just a shining light of a person. But when you sit down behind the table at these events, you are doing something that many people may not be familiar with, and that is you are taking aura photographs. How in this present moment did you get to be behind a table taking aura photographs of people and talking about energy fields? Uh, When I was little, I could see auras, and I didn't know that other people didn't see them. I saw colors Mm. around people, so I wasn't familiar with the term aura. And I could sense energy, but I wasn't familiar with the term energy. And it wasn't until years later, um, when I was no longer seeing the colors, that a friend of mine asked me to go and have my aura photographed with her. And Mm. um, we walked into this place. And for the first time, I looked around and they had photos of what I used to see when I was younger. Mm. Um, These colors around people, um, various colors, sometimes it looked like clouds almost with lots of colors. And I was just dumbstruck by the fact that here what I was seeing was visible to other people. And so I had a lot of questions about the process. My very first order of photo uh, when I, it was the traditional aura photo, Carillion photography, so it's the Polaroid, and to reveal my age, uh, it was also a dot <laughs> matrix printer. Okay. <laughs> so, literally, they constructed a body out of letters to tell you what your wow. energetic body looked like, and then you got a Polaroid of your head and shoulders showing um, what they were calling your aura, but what really is a photo of your mind state and the energy flowing in and the energy flowing out. Like the aura, if it were photographed, and in some photos it is, but it would be like over the face and stuff, so it would be very hard to see the features um, on a camera that focuses strictly just aura. So that's why some of the Polaroids, you see all the color, and it looks almost like the person's a ghost in their own photo, which Mm -hmm. is totally cool because that's how it looks, right? That's how it looks in in the natural. Um, With the Uh, So with that appointment, um, it was exciting for me, but when they took my photo and showed it to me, I told them that it wasn't right, (laughs) right, Mm -hmm. Okay. going to anything like this. And I'm like, oh, no, that's not right. And they were, you know, so the guy just kind of looked at me, and he said, well, what makes you think that? And I'm like, 
I just, because I used to see these colors and it was like a murky color, like a brown, right? And I was just mm-hmm. kind of like, what is that? And it was almost as if all colors had run together. And he was mm-hmm. like, well, and so we started talking and I, I asked, well, how could it be so that this isn't accurate or it, it isn't really my energy, right? And so then we started talking about how some people are really sensitive and pick up a lot of energy. And mm-hmm. so when they're photographed, um, it all kind of runs together and it can create this kind of muddy color, right? And so I said, okay, so how do we test, like, what's really me? So we had a conversation about cleansing energy and that type of thing. And he told me to go home, shower, come back the next day, but don't interact with anyone beforehand. And I said, okay, I can do that. And when I came back the next day and had my photograph done, it was green, which was the color I had been expecting to see. Mm-hmm. And so that was my very first lesson in transference and in how easily we pick up other people's energy. And for me, it was that, you know, it was, first of all, very visceral, but it was, right. for me, I'm a very visual, visual person. So understanding energy as a tangible thing happened for me in that experience. And so that's what I love to bring to people um, in the experiences of doing aura photography for others is that for many people is the first time that they're seeing their energy. This thing that we talk so much about, we talk about energy, we talk about chakras, we talk about our aura, we talk about the impact of the things that we listen to. And um, it's very difficult to conceptualize for a lot of people because we're talking about something that can't be seen. So with the equipment that I have, I experienced that for the first time maybe um, 10 years ago now. I walked into a place and they were advertising aura photos, but it was so much more than had happened in my initial experience with the um, uh, Karelian photography with the Polaroid. Mm -hmm. With Mm -hmm. this experience, um, you were able to put your hand on a sensor and see your energy in real time. And so that just blew my mind that I could put my hand on this sensor and literally watch my energy shift as people walked past me in this store and watch my chakras respond to the person I was sitting next to and kind of conversing with. And, you know, like for the first time seeing what that excite, like when I feel that little burst of excitement, what does that look like? Like what, what do my chakras look like when that's happening? And it was the coolest thing to me. And I was just so enchanted with the process and, um, I had the thought that I should do that for other people and then quickly, you know, as the mind will, I came up with all the reasons why I shouldn't do it. You know, I had this career and I was doing these other things and this, that, and the other. But um, as these things will, it kept recurring and kept coming back up and it was like spirit was waiting for me to go, okay, yeah, I could do that. And um, when I finally decided to be obedient, the pathways just opened up, and it's it's been the most rewarding, the most fulfilling experience of my life. Um, I get to connect with people in this way that is so much deeper than a normal conversation. Um, 
people are curious about their energy, so it draws people from all different works, walks of life and all different backgrounds and ethnicities. And I get to have these super cool conversations and find out about these lives that I probably would not really know anything about but for this um, equipment and these experiences that we choose to share with one another. And my God, I've grown as a person. I've grown as a practitioner. I've learned about all sorts of modalities I never heard of before. Um, I've heard all sorts of testimonials about different modalities that have been helpful for different types of people. Um, like I, I grow every day exponentially, and um, it's it's such a gift. So when it's so interesting because here in the modern era, the mm-hmm. assistive technology that has emerged to bring to light what you were seeing as a child and things mm-hmm. making in the context of how um, the technology shows the movement, as you said, of people in and around your energy field. But like if you're back at, I don't know what age you began to, as you said, step away from being able to see that, but like let's say kindergarten age, would you say that you were fully walking through the world with all the lights on in terms of auric processing at that age? Or like what kind of reality were you dwelling in that you became aware of your ability was different? Um, my ability to think into my own world has been so, it has existed since I was a child. I am mm-hmm. very, very at peace and at home by myself, um, processing my own thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's not a lonely experience for me. And my interactions with other people have always been kind of from this aspect of curiosity about, oh, you're here too? (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, like you're here in this space too. And when I was younger, and maybe it went away like, um, older than kindergarten, but as the rise of computers and cell phones and stuff kind of came into use, um, I could see less, right? And mm-hmm. then also as you get older, the distractions became more because mm-hmm. as, um, you know, when, when I was little, um, you know, there were the four major channels and then <laughs> right. if you were lucky, you had HBO. Right, 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 and TV ended at 11 o'clock, you know? Yeah. So it leaves a lot more time for your thoughts and also for radio and for frequency because music's always been huge for me, um, mm-hmm. huge to shift my mood, to kind of mm-hmm. soothe me and things like that. And I realize now that that's frequency. It's not so much radio or music specifically, mm-hmm. but it's the frequency of certain things, Right. And so um, I think that when I was younger, I was a lot more attuned to things because I wasn't as distracted. And then Mm -hmm. I went through this period, as did we all, as we got inundated with cell phones and, you know, um, 24-hour TV and news cycles and 
all that kind of stuff, that I was very distracted for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And I was very focused on career and all of these other things. And I literally got to a point where I looked in the mirror one day and I just did not recognize myself. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I had no connection to the person I was looking at. And about I didn't really feel any, any particular way about it. Uh, what mm-hmm. About what age range would you mind sharing, like, kind of where you were, or in terms of career age? like Sure. Uh, oh, absolutely. Adult, adulting, I was, you know? um, Yeah, I was adulting. I was adulting hard by then. I, I was in my 30s. And, uh, you know, rushing around, I was a young mom and married, and, you know, I had this career that was very, very busy and um Blackberry and a cell phone and a this and a that. And um, I was empty. I was completely empty. I wasn't really, I was connecting with the people that were on my team at work because those were the people I spent the most time with. And there were some really amazing people in that group. Um, but I wasn't really connecting very much, um, very many people outside of that. I've mean, I've always maintained a lot of friends because um I don't know, when I find good people, I just don't want to let go. So I have friends that mm-hmm. I've had since nursery school um, on up. So, like, nursery school, first grade, I can name them all. And, and, and when I say that they're friends, I mean, we're still connected. Um, we still know what's going on in each other's lives. Uh, like, real friendships. And um, during this period, I kind of was pulling away from everybody because I, I didn't feel connected to myself. So I, it was hard for me to connect with other people, and it became a real um, crisis, you know. Um, I, was going, I was going through a divorce and um, just not connecting with anything, and I was in my kitchen one day, and I kind of, I got in another, you know, legal document in the mail pertaining to divorce, and I just kind of sank down to my knees, and I heard my father, who passed away when I was 13, tell me, you know, that I should get up and that I was being so ungrateful. It's like, wait, can I have a minute? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Right, but he's telling me to get up and and to, you know, and the word ungrateful just kind of just really hit me, you know, and I was just like, well, I'm grateful. And then I tried to think of things I was grateful for, and I started doing that thing that we do. I'm grateful that I'm alive. I'm grateful I have a house, you know, like real kind of petulant, teenager-y kind of. And um, the next day I started really thinking about it, right, and kind of because it had been so long since I heard my father's voice. And for the thing for him to be telling me is that I'm being ungrateful, I needed to kind of sit with it and be like, well, what does that mean? Right. Mm-hmm. So then what's the flip side of it? How can I be more grateful? What, how does that work? And how that works is like training your mind to figure out what you're grateful for in a particular moment. Right. So that takes all the big stuff off the table, you know, not saying that I'm grateful for life, which I am, but that, that makes it really easy and we need to actually be doing work here. So I took all the big stuff off the table and I would challenge myself to find, you know, within the room, within this moment, what's something that I'm grateful for. And it would, you know, it would wind up being really things at first. 
And then I found that when I focused on those things that I noticed the bigger things and I was, you know, pushed into this state of perpetual gratitude. And I think the first few weeks it was really a challenge, you know, what am I grateful for? What am I grateful for? And now if you ask me, I could rattle off a million things and we'd be here till tomorrow. And I mean, to the point where it brings tears to my eyes, I'm that grateful. And, uh, and I'm grateful for a lot of things that people don't think that they should be grateful for. I'm grateful for, for bad relationships and things that don't work mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful for all the wonderful, fulfilling relationships that I have. Um, I'm grateful for the ability to kind of just, stop in the middle of the day and do something I enjoy doing without fear of, you know, not feeling productive. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm grateful for a lot of things. And that experience just really kind of shifted things for me again. And also um, it opened me because I had had the experience of seeing my aura a few years before that. And so when I kind of had that crisis and was, trying to find myself again, um, I pulled out my aura photo. I pulled out the little report that had come with it that explained it. And I started kind of um, exploring more metaphysical things. I started finding, um, I was living here in Atlanta at the time, so I started finding the metaphysical community. I I found my way to um, the inner space store was one of my first places that I found here in Atlanta, um, Phoenix and Dragon, and I would meet these really cool people and make these connections, and they would say, hey, do you know about this place? Do you know about that place? And I kind of, you know, meet people, and they're like, oh, wow, okay, she's kind of like me, you know, Mm -hmm. because a lot of people I meet, and I like them, but I don't relate to them. You know, so it's really cool for me when I meet someone and I feel like, oh, they have similar energy to mine. And that's really cool. Okay, let's see what's going on over there. And I started meeting these really cool people. And um, rather than it pushing my original circles of friends away, it kind of expanded and changed and broadened relationships with them because the things I I was talking about started changing, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you're changing, the things that you're interested in are, you know, change too, and the things you talk about change. And so I found that a lot of my relationships got deeper. And some did fall away because, you know, that's the nature of things as we grow and evolve. It's like being um, attuned to a radio station is how I think about relationships and that in our journey, we're in our little car driving through life. And sometimes certain stations get stronger and some certain stations fall out. And sometimes the station will fall out for a while and you pick it up again in a new place. Um, You know, so that has allowed me to feel much better about the ebb and flow of how friendships and relationships evolve over time is understanding that energetically that these are all um that these are all things that operate on frequency and where we are is as determinative as how we receive someone else's frequency um, as anything else. And so that's important to remember because a lot of times we try to write people off as this or that. And 
that's who they are to us in this particular moment, but that's not who they are in totality. Right. You know, it's so interesting that the, the, I guess you would call it the framework of understanding energy and how it interplays with the external, you know, what you're talking mm-hmm. about is, is, you know, something I think that some people might relate to in terms of the pandemic shutdown from the routines. It gave people a previous unavailable space to step out of everything that consumed the 24-hour workday and to realize that they may not have recognized their lives, as you talked about, right? And so beginning to operate differently as the businesses came back online and jobs came back online, a lot of people can relate to moving differently now because they can't do the same thing energetically that they did prior. It's almost like a mandatory shift, you know. (laughs) You have to shift when there's no juice flowing through your soul, (laughs) you know. Absolutely. And I think that it held a big mirror up for a lot of people for their lives, right, because you had to actively participate in your household right? You had to be in a place that might have just become like a stopping place, the place where you slept, the place where you got dressed, and you liked the people in there, but you didn't really interact that much. Um, It it became a place where you were forced to be for a good portion of time. So a lot of of relationships got reevaluated. A lot Mm -hmm. of decor got changed. Yeah. (laughs) Stuff got thrown out. A lot of stuff got bought. (laughs) <laughs> well, you, like you have a so, moment to really sit down and look around. Well, you know, you taking it to what you just said, the environmental space, like people did the core changes because they realized I don't feel great when I'm in this room now. And, and so the energy that we kind of just act on through our feeling through your aura photography, you can actually see uh, people, if they're doing like the Marie Kondo clean it out exercise about am I attached to this Mm -hmm. object, like you can see that energy attachment when they hold that object when you have your your technology on, right? Yes, and it's super cool because as part of, I do two different types of sessions. I do a basic photo session which is about 15, 20 minutes. We look at your energy um, on the screen. You're able to see your aura and your chakra in real time. So we spend a few minutes ooing and eyeing over the way that it looks. And then um, we chat a little bit and take your photo. And um, we do an energy clearing uh, with the copper tensor tools, mm-hmm. which are just one of my favorite things. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they make me super happy. Um, and then we do the longer session, which is about 40 minutes, um, a, little, a little bit longer, um, where we keep your hand on the sensor and we talk about what's going on in your life. And we can kind of see how your chakras open and close as you talk about different things, what um, color changes happen with your aura and the energy that's flowing into your auric fields. 
um, and your mind state, you can kind of see all of that um, with an interpreter that's on the screen so that when you go back and you watch it at home, you're not just seeing all these colors and being like, oh, that's nice. It actually has a little interpreter so you're able to see um, what the colors mean, where they're appearing in your um, auric field at the time that you're talking about these things. So um, I love those sessions uh, because in the shorter sessions, I encourage people to video it on their phone. And some people think it's a great idea and other people don't want to, which is completely up to them. But the reason for the suggestion is so that you can go back and watch your energy and listen to our conversation and see what happens when you talked about X or Y or see what happens when you picked up selenite or see what happens when you pick up showerite, or um, I've had people come to the office with a photo of a loved one or a sacred object and watch what their energy does. Um, one of my favorite moments was a, a man came in with his wife and daughter, and he brought some of his favorite stones. And so when he first sat down, I placed the stones across the room from him and we had our conversation. And then um, he, ha he asked his daughter to bring the stones to him. And even as he said her name, his heart chakra expanded. And then mm -hmm. as she started to walk towards him with the stones, everything was reacting. And, you know, when he got his hands on the stones, everything just kind of fully expanded. And it was like a completely violet uh, aura, which is spiritual in nature, right? So um, it's so cool to be able to see that and share that with people and for them to see the impact that that thing that they think brings them comfort has on their energy, that they can see that it's a tangible thing that's happening so that they have more faith in it when they use it as part of their toolkit. Um, everything with me is all about building the toolkit so that you have what you need when you need it, right? And mm -hmm. so understanding your energy is a really big part of that and then understanding how various things impact your energy both positively and negatively is a bigger piece of that. So if we can figure out the things that expand our energy and we can identify the things that um, seem to take away our energy, then we can be more strategic in how we handle the situations that we have to go into. Because we're not always going to be able to avoid difficult situations, but we can be prepared for them by knowing how our energy reacts in a given situation and then um, having the appropriate tools to manage it in the way that we need it to operate. And, and I think that as you describe that toolkit, the fact that there's no difference between being aware of whether it is hot or cold outside, windy or damp, whether your physical vessel, what is your physical vessel going to experience when you go encounter the outside world? It's no different people energy and situation energy from what we see. Nobody thinks that it's unusual to check the temperature and to make sure that you feel comfortable energetically, that your coat's not too heavy, that, you know, you're going to have protection from rain or dampness 
or that you need to get into sunlight because it's been several days of gloomy weather and you notice yourself maybe starting to feel a little tired or down. That is all part of the same conversation of being able to have tools to navigate the whole self, not just the physical body self. And that's where the oral photography and what you're doing to me is so exciting because it's the intersection of technology and actual um, energy field in a visible way. Exactly. And then um, once people see it and can visual, so then, you know, when they're having conversations about their chakras or they're talking about their aura or their trying to explain to someone I walked into this room and I felt this they have a visual reference to go back and be like okay I'm not crazy right a lot of of life a lot of life is saying to yourself I'm not crazy Mm -hmm. I'm not (laughs) I'm just not I understand things I sense things differently but here's this thing that shows me that what I'm talking about is actually happening, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that for me was just like, okay, so now I can look at this and really be serious about studying it and everything. I know it's a tangible thing. And it really shifted everything for me. And mm-hmm. it made me one of my favorite subjects, you know, mm-hmm. like one of my favorite things to study is myself. Like, why do I do the things that I do? Why do I feel the way that I feel? Um, You know, why do I react to this person this way? Like, what is it about me? What is it about them? That kind of thing. And it just kind of shifts the energy of um, interactions into one of curiosity, right? And um, being interested. Yeah, and being interested in what's happening, and it shifts me out of annoyance and out of um, even a lot of, you know, the the, the bad self-talk that we do, because, you know, I, I kind of like myself. I like, the, I like my inner voice now. That wasn't mm-hmm. always the, the case, but I've made friends with her. I mean, she can be snarky sometimes, mm-hmm. and she's definitely very opinionated. Um, but she, she is the friend in my head, right? Right. Um, and I'm so grateful for that because a lot of times there's not a person that in that moment I can say, hey, what do you think about this? So the fact that I can hear my own thoughts about it, um, it has been very, you know, it's been really, really helpful for me. And it also has helped me to better express myself. It's helped me to better help other people to express themselves. Um, And being open to listening to spirit and being open to interpreting the energy that I'm feeling has allowed me to have way deeper conversations with people that I've seen them be healed during the conversation. I've watched their face and demeanor change, and I've talked to them, you know, X amount of time afterwards and asked them about the impact of whatever we were discussing in that moment and just watch that energy be completely different talking about that subject than it was previously. And um, to be part of that, to witness that on any level 
is amazing and it's such a gift to the person witnessing it as much as it is to the person that's having the experience. And so for that, I'm blessed every single day. Oh, I think that anybody who has an aura reading comes back for more. It may not be immediately, you know, as you said, there might be shifts yeah, in technology it, from Polaroid <laughs> dot matrix, which I had one of those myself. Okay, so I can relate to well, what you're talking I about. Swear. To the, the static M- I still have it. <laughs> yeah, I wish I hope I wish I still did. I'm pretty sure it's probably lost in the midst of time, but I can see it in my mind's eye. And then I have at least two printouts from the old school. Well, it's now old school as your technology has superseded the ones that I had probably even in the last four or five years. They were static pictures, but like the video part of yours um, was what was so cool. (laughs) Uh, I was at Holistic Health and Wellness up in uh, Marietta. And Don, the owner, had scheduled you to be out there providing photo, uh, photography sessions for the customers that were coming through. And that was like the, the two days after I first met you, and I was like, look at this. I got to spend the day now getting to, like, be in the energy and watch you do what you do. And I had my, my uh, little reading, which we did take a video. And it was so cool because as, like, Don would play like, a specific singing bowl, or a chime or do a tone or bring a smell around and there it was like what it did to my energy so it's shopping with a little augmented reality if you will the uh, organic kind (laughs) yeah it was it was super quiet I really enjoyed that day um, because we had time to chat and really play with the technology which is my favorite thing is like um, sitting down with a new person and just kind of like, you know, being like, oh, what happens with this? What happens with that? Because um, it's exciting to watch. And it, for me, it's always like it's the first time because it's the person's first time. So I love watching the reactions and everything. It's it's a gift. And, um, and I love the static photos too. So I don't want to take anything away from the people that do the traditional um, aura photos because there are – um, some information that you're able to glean from the static Polaroid that's different um, than what we're able to see on the um, computer. And for instance, um, really good readers, um, there's this woman, Kay, um, from Florida, and good God, I have to look up her last name, but she used to come up to um, Phoenix and Dragon and different places around Atlanta and do the Polaroid photos. And mm-hmm. um, it was super cool because she could tell you from looking at the photo um, after she did your aura photo, you know, you're a little dehydrated. This mm-hmm. is going on with you. She could also, um, she was also able to see spirits um, that showed up or angels that showed up in the auric field. And with um, this type of technology, it does not show like spirits in the auric field, um, what, what this focuses on and what your chakras are doing and um, the energetic changes that are happening. And so um, the way that that shows up is like, often when people talk about things that are really difficult and things where they think that everything, you know, 
it, based on what their mind thinks, that everything on this computer should go black, <laughs> like nothing should look good, right? Um, it's often in those moments that uh, their chakras will expand and that the aura will be almost completely violet or completely violet. And violet is closely associated with the crown chakra, which is um, a higher energy, um, spiritual energy. And so... Uh, Often when people are talking about difficult things, rather than everything shutting down the way that they expect, that's when spirit shows up. And that was a revelation for me, um, just kind of seeing that, having people talk about difficult things and watching the screen turn all violet instead of shutting down in the way. Um, you know, I have had a couple instances where the computer shuts down, but that typically happens when the person is not being honest with themselves. Mm. Um, so it's like the, an energetic the lie Yeah, the computer, like, literally, the screen will shut, the computer will shut. Um, We'll have to restart the video from there. Um, So the the video that they receive will be in two parts because the computer literally shut down. And it's only happened a few times, and it usually happens when the person is describing their feelings about a relationship that they're in. Um, For one person, it happens they were talking about their friends being really supportive and they were saying how supportive their friends were and they're great and everybody's so great and it just shut down and she and I made eye contact and she was like, I'm lying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She was like, I'm lying. Um, Another, it happened um, as she was describing her emotions around this relationship and feeling kind of unsteady in the relationship, like not knowing her place in it. Like, do we go forward? Do we leave this alone? And I think just the immense energy that she had around this particular topic kind of shut everything down. And uh, the other woman, it was a similar situation, talking about um, a relationship and an immense sadness and it kind of shut everything down. But Mm -hmm. for everyone else, you may see, like, one chakra that will shut for a moment, but it'll start moving afterwards. Um, So sometimes we have these brief energetic interruptions. I don't really call them blockages, but it's just something that's so powerful or so upsetting or even so exciting that it just causes, like, an energy surge. And it's too much. It's just too much for the equipment to read. It's like, oh, wait, hold on. we got to reset. One of but, the things in, in the whole dynamic visual access to seeing one's energy field, um, mm-hmm. I know for me, I would probably be sitting around with my hand on the sensor all the time, <laughs> right, because I'd be, again, very curious about, that. But I, I also think from a personal experience, there was a time when if my chakra in my aura photograph was murky, orange or dark or brown, it was almost like the test response to say, I need all A's, right? <laughs> Instead of like, right. 
it's not like a performative thing to say my chakras are all on a hundred and are perfectly balanced and namaste, right? It can become well, an unhealthy thing if you make it so. Like this is just for awareness. Right. It's not to push oneself into a kind of perfectionist practice. Well, What's cool about it, well, when I first got the equipment, yes, I was just obsessive. I wanted to know what my energy looked like, you know, for everything. I was annoying. I was obsessive. My family was over it, okay? Um, I, I also have the ability to be able to, to look at pet auras, and so I was even bothering my dogs. So when I say I was a pain in the butt, I was a pain in the butt. Um, but um, it's funny that you say that about the chakras and, and how it can become an obsession. The reason why I will only issue my I, I'm, I have the ability to issue a 12 to 14 page report um, every time I do it or a photo, but I don't. I issue a two-page report with a traditional or a photo, and I issue the 12 to 14-page report um, with the longer session that comes with the video. And the reason I do that is because if I were to give the longer report to the person that had the aura photo and we had looked at their chakras for a couple of minutes or for a few seconds and did this photo, and now they have this 12 pages of, of information to read through, they're going to get to the part where it talks about where their chakras were at the point that we took the photo, which is a millisecond in time. And they're going to call back and say, oh, my God, this chakra was at two. How do I get this chakra from two? And they are going to freak all the way out. So the only way that I issue that report is if you got the longer session with the video so that you know and I know that your chakras were at two for a millisecond and the very next, you know, millisecond it was fully expanded or, you know, it was at two then and it was at eight the next second and then it was at five a second after that. Because the important thing for you to leave knowing is that your chakras and your auras are in constant motion. They Mm -hmm. literally react to every thought, to every sound, to everything around you. And so if you have a photo or a report that says your chakra is at two, it was at two at the time that the person gave you the report. That does not mean it is at two now. Um, um, You can also, with this equipment, we're able to see kind of the strength of the chakra, how expanded it is. Um, We're able to see the colors in the auric field and make determinations about what that means. Um, Often if I have someone who their chakras are moving, but they're kind of moving sluggishly, that's when I would make a referral to um, someone that does energy work, um, Reiki healers, bars, therapy, all of that kind of stuff because those people that do energetic work are actually able to go into your energetic field and manipulate your chakras, right? And so 
on the screen, I can tell if they're opening and closing in the ways that we would expect, but I can't tell you if they're turned or not at the right angle. It's not that sensitive. You need someone that's energetically sensitive to be able to go into that auric field and still do some manipulations. And so um, I, I love it as a tool. I love um, working with Reiki masters and working with various practitioners that do energy work because the equipment also has the ability to kind of track the hands of the person doing the energetic work while mm-hmm. we're looking at the body of the person receiving the work, right? So we're kind of able to see what that energetic exchange looks like, which is super cool. But it also helps to verify the services that they're providing so their client can see, hey, look at this manipulation that's happening as they're doing this work. Look at this expand. Look what happens when they use a rain stick. Look what happens when they play these guided meditations for me. And so it's really cool from that um, perspective to be able to show people a lot of what they don't understand or what or what they haven't been able to see up until now. Um, it allows people to really fully understand the veracity of the work that's being done and for them to um, be able to grasp how it's impacting their body and impacting their energetic field. When you are actually doing the practicing, you know, doing the scan, you are also Mm -hmm. receiving messages that are not coming from that computer. Am I correct? (laughs) You are correct. How would you describe what your your conversation contains when you begin to, because if a person just sits down, you're going to start telling them something. And it's not even going to be that you're shocked, you're orange chakra. You're going to start intuiting and hearing. I know because you've read me. (laughs) Some psychic guidance comes through when you're seeing this, correct? Right. So, what happens with me is like it's an ongoing conversation that's going on in my head. Like there's a, there's um, I'm hearing from spirit, and sometimes you know it's the voice that I hear the most often, and then other times there are other voices that come through, and um, they'll just direct the conversation, and it's it's such a subtle thing that happens, and you know suddenly I'm asking about well tell me about you know your childhood. Tell me about your um, family of origin. Why the hell did I ask that? I have no idea Mm -hmm. because spirit put it into me to ask that question Mm -hmm. and then the conversation takes a dramatically different turn and we wind up talking about some other things. Um, What I found is that as long as I'm open and I don't have any distractions going on, I'm able to kind of tap into what the person is saying and and like I was saying everything is frequency and so it's almost as they're speaking to me they are saying words but I'm feeling energy and it's Mm -hmm. bringing up different um, pictures or feelings for me that then it causes me to ask them about right and mm-hmm. often it just leads the conversation in these beautiful directions. And because um, I 
create a safe space. Like a lot of energy work goes into preparing to to do these um, to do these readings um, in my office. Uh, I use a lot of copper tensor tools to mm-hmm. manage the energy and to create a very safe environment where you feel comfortable enough to talk about whatever might be on your mind. And you know that this is a safe environment to talk about these things and to see how your thoughts are impacting your energy. Because sometimes you've not said any of this stuff out loud before, mm-hmm. right? But because you're so curious as to what your energy is going to look like, you're willing to say these things out loud. And I take that as the great honor, which it is, right, to hear someone's innermost thoughts. Um, And also, you know, spirit blesses me with those things because very often we are, um, well, not very often, always, everyone around us is a reflection of us. Mm -hmm. And so whatever they're talking about, there's an aspect of what they're talking about that relates to me that I can really tap into and you know while I have not had the same experience I have had experiences that have created similar emotions right Mm -hmm. and so we're able to connect on that level and um it's a gift. It's super cool. It's it's one of the most um, profound experiences I've ever had in my life. Like, honestly, it doesn't feel like work. Um, it feels like a complete honor that someone trusts me enough to come and say, I want to see myself. Can you show mm-hmm. me? You yeah, it was, it's like being uh, naked in a, in a very For real sure, way, man. right? Like you're taking yeah, the man. You can't go protective... in there and start lying. Yeah, you, you're taking those external protective coverings off. <laughs> that at the very core, it's going to show whether you can verbalize about it or not is another thing, right? But just to... It's like being with the TSA when you walk through the little thing. It shows all your <laughs> yeah, business. You sure. know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. But the cool thing about it is that often I'll have people that, you know, they know Reiki or um, or something. And so they're having their own complete separate experience from whatever they're verbalizing with me. A lot of times, you know, they'll just sit quietly. And I know that they're doing breathing or visual or what have you, based on what I'm seeing on the screen. But I love that they're able to test the veracity of it without me doing anything, right? So, I, you know, that's super cool to watch, too. Uh, when I first got the equipment, um, I very nervously invited a group of ladies that, um, that I value their opinion greatly, one of whom is a Reiki master and just a... a very much a spiritual mother to many in the community. And um, she and a group of dear friends came by the office. And so this is literally like week one. And I've got all these powerhouse energies in here playing with this equipment, like putting their hand on it, seeing mm-hmm. what happens or what have you. And so like my heart's in my throat that they're going to tell me, oh, this is a piece of crap. I don't know what you're talking about, you know. 
because um, I'd had this whole complete utter meltdown when I ordered the, the, the equipment, which is a whole story in and of itself. Uh, I drove those people crazy. I know they were so happy once that thing got delivered. <laughs> um, however, <laughs> that story aside, I'd invited this group of women, and um, this one lady, I, I, I so value her opinion and everything. And so as she's doing stuff, like my heart's in my throat because she's not saying anything. She's putting her hand on there, and her face is kind of contorting this way and that way or whatever. And she took this deep breath, like she was getting ready to say something I might not want to hear. And as soon as she did that, her throat chakra shot out. And she goes, oh. (laughs) And she goes, oh. And then she starts doing these other things, and she goes, ooh, okay. And then I started to relax, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and with certain people, I feel like, you know, like I get a little bit nervous and is it right? Oh, my God, you know, whatever. I, I, I still harass the people that make the equipment, you know, testing the veracity of the equipment every few months. Like, hey, I, I don't feel like it's as sensitive as it should be. I need to have it tuned up and, you know or whatever, because when you actually feel energy, it's different than you're just relying on whatever happens when somebody puts their hand on the sensor. Like, I kind of have an idea of what should be happening, so if I don't see that happening, I know that I need to ask the questions about why I'm not seeing what I expect, right? Mm-hmm. 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 So, so I think that, you know, that's important, too, is, is understanding and knowing the equipment that you're using, because I have had the experience of having someone who I I can only say, I think she must have found it. Like, I think she found this computer or she got it from someone. And so she had an idea of how to use the equipment, but not particularly about energy or anything else. And so it was the weirdest experience I've ever had because it was still really cool because I understood what was happening. But listening to her try to explain it to me was comical. Mm. You know, it was just kind of like, what are you saying? Well, I mean, and therein lies the, uh, you know, the protective measures in place. But I'm sure at a later date, you know, penetrated when she was able to soften, (laughs) you know, that reaction. Yeah, for sure. Dog or holler, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, and, and, you know how that goes. It's like you never intend to to offend right. someone or to question <laughs> there. It's just your natural curiosity is to ask questions like, well, why do you think that? Like, where did that come from? Right. And um, I love people that are able to articulate why this is so or why they, you know, why they are intuiting this message. Like for me, you know, and I'm going to switch here and I'm going to just turn the tables on you for a minute. For me, I was so impressed with you and your ability um, in your tarot reading to bring in so much historical information, um, situational, symbolic information um, for you to be able to give context to the readings that you give. Um, the value of that is so much greater than someone that's just turning over cards and telling me the interpretation of the card that they read from the book. 
right? It's a different experience when you have someone that not only is able to intuit the cards and to give you a reading um, through spirit, but to give you an explanation for why this particular card showed up or to point out something on the card, like, oh, do you see that there's a scarab on here? No, girl, I was just looking at the color. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, when you have somebody that can really bring in the symbology and help you to understand what you're looking at, I'm a person that can become so overwhelmed in the moment that I don't know quite what I'm seeing, right? Like I'm having the experience, which is how I think to people, like, hey, do you want to video this experience? Because for me, that's what I always ask when I get a reading, when I get um, in anything. Can I record this experience because I'm so in the moment that as soon as this is over, when I walk away from here, I'm not going to remember anything that you told me. Mm-hmm. Like literally, it will be as though, wow, I had this energetic experience and now I'm on to something else. And for me, the value is always in being able to go back and listen to it when I'm not in that heightened state so I can process. Because my subconscious heard everything that you had to say, but my mm-hmm. conscious mind is nosy. Okay, and I want to know what you said. I want to know. I want to understand. We would like to bring the conscious mind along. You know, we don't. We we want everybody in the car. That's right, because then I can process faster. Then I can understand. Then I know when I'm seeing results. Right. If I don't understand what you did and I only got it subconsciously, then I can't even tell you, hey, you were right. I'm, I'm seeing results from what we talked about or, you know, we talked about manifesting and I'm seeing the results of that manifestation now. Um, if I don't remember what our conversation was about or I don't remember specifics or I have a general idea and not, you know, really what we talked about, then I can't be amazed and wowed as these things start to show up. I mean, that's absolutely true. It is a lot to process. So it's, uh, you know, people laugh about the matrix, seeing all the computer coding. But, you know, if you Mm -hmm. become aware that not only did you get the impression of the color fields around people as an empathic or a reader, that your machine also experience the visual output of it and then there's a third narrative coming in with like you delivering the fundamental information and then also delivering the contextual from the spiritual realm that's four streams (laughs) of previously kind of unseen or unmarried information that's coming in so to be able to go back and, you know, kind of listen to the tracks on the on the record afterwards to see each of them for what they are rather than just zoom, zoom, boom. Uh, I think that's very, very helpful as well because um, yeah, there's a reason why that moment in time is when that person's soul directed them to be in your chair. So even though it is a one millisecond impression, spirit engineered for that to be what is seen to them in their experience with you. 
to me, that's very powerful. Exactly. Exactly. It is exactly that, that we were supposed to meet on this day at this time or what have you. And it shows up in my life like that. So it's so potent, right? And so you stop questioning it because spirit, if they want you to meet somebody on a specific day, that person will show up in your house. Mm-hmm. That person will literally show up in your house. So the the most recent example I have of that is that um, it was a few months ago. I had a, a friend staying here that was a bars instructor, and so um, once a month or so, she would give a bars class. Um, and uh, this particular day, I couldn't stay for her class or day very long because I was supposed to be in Marietta at a festival. Um, I come downstairs and the students have started to arrive and so I'm introducing myself and, you know, quickly saying hello to everyone because I need to go upstairs and get ready so I can go. And I start chatting with this woman and we're chatting so long that I wind up, like, just sitting on the floor. Like, mind you, there's lots of chairs. This is actually my house, right? <laughs> lots <laughs> of chairs. But I didn't even want to move from where we had begun the conversation. So I just sat down, and she sits down next to me. So I'm like, oh, okay, this is one of my people. So um, so we sit down, and we're chatting. And at that moment, she goes, we decide to exchange names, right? We've been talking a good 20 minutes by now. And she <laughs> says her name, and I say my name. And um, I'm, I'm like, you know, I really enjoyed talking to you, but I got to get dressed. I got to get out of here. I got to go to this uh, fair. And she said, well, where are you going? And I tell her the name of the place that I'm going to. And she goes, oh, I was supposed to go there today, but I couldn't because um, I needed to come here for that class. And I was like, oh, yeah, really? Why were you going there? And she was like, my friend wanted me to, re- to meet the aura photographer. <laughs> and and I'm like I'm the orphan. I love it. And she's like she's like what? And it, it we have friends in common, and our friends thought that we should meet, and they thought we should meet that day, and she yes. said she couldn't go, and I come downstairs and we meet in my kitchen, and right. you know, and my life is so full of experiences like that, that you have to just stop being like, oh, my God, that's so crazy. Now I'm just like, okay, Spirit, I see you. This is fun part, I see you. It's fun, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) It's it's so much fun. And, I mean, it's like, you know, a a surprise every day. It's like um, I, I get to have the most amazing experiences. Um, a year ago tonight, I did a, a plant experience because um, it was my birthday eve, and I had this, like one of the most amazing experiences. But like this past 366 days, mm-hmm. <laughs> 60, no, 365, yeah, mm-hmm. they've been amazing. Like I feel like I was born <laughs> on this day last year. Um, I was reborn, like, this newer version of me, this more self-confident version of me, this um, this person that's more secure and confident in her abilities and how she shows up in the world. Um, and I'm, I'm so grateful to be in this space because I've been in so many others. 
It's so interesting yeah. because I have this vision, this image of you, young, and those old school kaleidoscopes where we would actually pick up the tube and there would be all these fractals of colored pieces and we would twist the end to move the colored pieces Mm -hmm. to the side manually with our little hands, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like you in this aura playground that you're getting to experience now in the modern way doing the same thing playing and looking at colors and seeing pictures emerge and patterns emerge in your own life and then reflected in the world outside of you, that that just seems like a great reason why it doesn't feel like work, (laughs) why it feels like fun and joy and learning and expansion for you. I think that's just beautiful vision to see. You know, it's so funny, <laughs> but this happens often with you, but you said kaleidoscope. I actually keep one next to my bed. It was a gift <laughs> from a dear friend of mine, and um, it's it's um, it's like this antique handmade kaleidoscope that's made of, like, little bits of magic. It has, like, watch pieces and different things, mm-hmm. and when you hold it up, like, the fractals are gorgeous. And when I had the plant experience last year on this day, I that's how I described like part of that experience. I felt mm-hmm. like I was in the kaleidoscope. And so for you mm-hmm. to use that word tonight, you know, spirit makes no mistakes. Like I'm I'm telling you, like that's exactly what it's like. What you saw is exactly what it's like. And that kaleidoscope is one of my most prized possessions because I love Anything that catches light, that alters light, that um, refracts light uh, makes me happy. I love fireworks. I love twinkling lights on trees um, because it's this light where there wasn't light a moment ago. Mm-hmm. That is always so fascinating to me. Like light in the midst of darkness. I love sunrises. I love that moment when it goes from being pitch black to there being a pinprick of light. It's just mm-hmm. suddenly not as dark as it was. Um, like all of those things have always been so entrancing for me. Um, and I I think that my obsession with light and it's, you know, for the longest, I, like my little sign off on Facebook was be the light. Um, and, and so a lot of my friends still, you know, tease me about stuff like that, like the light coach and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But light, light is so important, particularly in these times of darkness, right? Like light and being able to enjoy it in whatever way it shows up because sometimes it's going to be a flickering candle in a pitch black room. And other days, it's going to be, like, so bright, you literally can't look because it'll burn your eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, But light is always, always present, you know. And that's the truth. People are light. I've learned to appreciate it. Yeah, man. I've learned to appreciate it in the darkness and in the sunlight. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Well, in terms of how people can reach you, we, well, first let me just say thank you to everyone who's been listening in the phone lines. We've had quite a full bank of phones listening tonight, and those of you who are streaming through the online in the chat room, hello to you. Um, I see uh, we have Karima in the house. And Karima is actually going to be on uh, in two weeks on th- this evening's show. So hello to you. And we've also got I love Tanya. Karima. <laughs> uh, we have I Van Karima. I know, right? <laughs> it's a great vibe in your tribe. I'm so glad we intersected. Uh, we have Man for Thank Peace. Uh, we've got folks calling from Tennessee, Maryland, and Georgia as well. So thank you to everyone who's here contributing your live energy to the space this evening. So, okay, like for people who are wanting to catch up with you, let's, we're going to run it down. Uh, for those of you who are interested uh, we are going to be having a, a event with Nikki, beautiful soul, doing an intensive, in-depth, and interpersonal aura uh, conversation and providing service to everybody. So stay, stay tuned for the date announcement about that. I'm super excited. Um, oh, I'm super excited you, about that. <laughs> we I mean, also we, are working on... Um, yeah, I was say you're um, you and very I, busy. Like your calendar. Oh my gosh. and it happens. <laughs> it happens so quickly because this month wasn't full, and then it was. <laughs> um, but, and I'm grateful. But I really am um, trying to focus this year on less, um, less events. Not less, but just so it's not so frantic and so that I can be in the office some weekends because I know that for some people that's the only time that they can come for the longer appointments. And so I want to be more cognizant of that this year. Last year, I think towards the end of the year, maybe I was in the office like four weekends over three months um, because of fairs and festivals and things like that. And that's always such a double-edged sword for me because I like being um, at fairs and festivals because for a lot of people, it's their first time that they're hearing about aura photography, and it's something that they're able to see even from a distance. So they're able to learn something even if it's something they're not ready to try. And um, so it's a really cool way to connect with people and chat with a bunch of people. Um, I do feel the more... um, you know, that the more in-depth work is done in the office, and I, and I just want to make sure that that's always an option for people. So I'm working on that for this year. But the other, um, we have our energy program coming up, but the other thing that I'm super excited about is um, we're working on the self-defense, um, on the energetic self-defense program. And so we're putting together a lineup of um you and some other friends that can offer some energetic um, personal self-defense energetically um, and self-defense of your space. 
so that you can set up your space um, in a way um, to allow for protection and peace within your space and being able to kind of control the energy within your space because that's really important. Um, Setting the tone in your space, whether it's your workspace or your home space, and being able to control the energy within it and to be able to make modifications when your energy feels disruptive or disrupted is really important. So we're going to have some instructors that are going to come together for kind of a half-day intensive. So I'm super excited about that. Um, And then that date will be announced, too. Yeah, and that's just like the first of several things that you are bringing forward from a lot of angles in your show up for yourself, right? Like your show up for yourself yes, series. Yeah. So that's yeah, uh, because a whole I, vein of things that are going to come in for how we show up. And you have a lot to offer in terms of the ideas and the, the messages and medicine you want to bring forward for people in that series. Yeah, because um, I know so many dope people, right? And then when I start talking to them and I think about the value that they bring to my life, um, I think about all the people that I meet in my practice and how um, impactful some of the practitioners that I know could be. And so it's always, you know, my mind is always racing for ways for me to bring these people together um, so that they can experience each other because I'm so impressed by the people I meet as clients that become friends as I am by the practitioners that I meet that become friends. And um, I always feel like it's just a widening of the circle to bring these great practitioners to these wonderful people um, that I've met. And um, also uh, many times the, the people that come in share practitioners that they've used for different services. And so I get to broaden my own horizons from that aspect too. So, you know, all of that's super dope. Um, yeah. You know, Kareem is an iridologist and, you know, I learned all about iridology this summer and we, we've done so many events together and I've learned so much from her. Um, you know, energy practitioners, Sandy is freaking phenomenal. Like if there's a, there's a title that she doesn't have, I'm not sure what it is, but she's an energy healer in the most holistic sense of the word. Um, you know, she's amazing. She's beautiful spiritually inside and out. Um, and, and so Althea, you know, so, so many people, um, truest and, um, and Jamaica and Lynn, the owners of the healing environment, like just, I mean, I could be here all night naming people, but we won't do that to the, the people listening. That just isn't a, a Grammy speech. Um, so you were asking how people could reach me. Um, my website is beautiful auras, but beautiful is spelled the way that I spell it for my business because it's all about being you, right? So it's B-E-Y-O-U to full T-I-F-U-L. Auras, A-U-R-A-S, dot com. And that's the website. On um, Instagram, we're at beautiful, spelled the same way, B-E-Y-O-U-T-I-F-U-L dot soul. Um, We're on uh, Facebook. I think it's beautiful soul 21. So spelled the same way. I'm not going to keep spelling it for Mm y'all. And... um, yeah, you can always um you can always email me too. And that's um beautiful 
photos, uh, beautiful aura photos at gmail.com. Um, I do have the actual email that I'm supposed to use, but God only knows what it is at the moment. I do know the Gmail one. <laughs> and well, we will have, we have some of this in the show notes where we can send it out depending on your service and if you're catching it oh, on absolutely. YouTube replay, then it will be in the description box below for the, you all. Um now, you also, you do tend to be of late at the Big Blue Barn at Gloria Parker's Big Psychic Fair, which is the first weekend of yes, the month. Yes, absolutely. And also yes, at the Interspace, um, you also are at the Interspace yeah. monthly for their Psychic Weekend as well, correct? Yeah, I'll be there this Saturday at Interspace and this Sunday at um, Create to Be Great, which is a cool manifestation store in Sugarloaf Mills for those of you guys in the Gwinnett area. I'm not in Gwinnett a lot, but I live here in Gwinnett, so I definitely want to do more things on this side. But if you haven't been to Create to Be Great manifestation store, you are missing out. Cotton, the owner, does guided meditations. She hosts yoga classes. Um, She hosts lots of different intuitives um, that come through and and give services. So please check her out. Um, She is on Instagram at Create to Be Great. And you can find her in Sugarloaf Mills near the Saks Fifth Avenue um, store. I've got to get up there. You've been telling me about that. Uh, I know. Come through on Sunday, girl. We're going to be there at 12 to 6, I think, on Sunday. Come through. I would love to meet Cotton. She's so freaking amazing. That sounds like a plan. Oh, no, it doesn't. Sorry, I'm working this weekend. I'll be at Holistic <laughs> from 12 to 5. Don would oh, jump on oh me. I, but I'll oh, catch you the next around. I will, Absolutely. I will. Please give Dawn my love and tell her that I need to get back out there, too. Oh, yeah, she. I'm sure she would love to have you out. Um, I've got some people here on the phone line. So normally this is where if a person is delivering psychic guidance, then we'll be switching over to that. Of course, as you can see from the conversation this evening, the conversation with Nikki is not going to be, you know, getting this new job, but she could definitely inform you about any questions that you might have about your energy or energies that you're encountering, your aura, anything whatsoever. So I appreciate those. Anything but lottery numbers. Uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) No lottery numbers. (laughs) (laughs) uh, We've had people waiting to talk since the very first 10 minutes into the show, and so we'll get started here with our first person. Well, first of all, before we start, did you have anything that you wanted to share in terms of how you will have a conversation with people at this point? Nope. Okay. (laughs) Wonderful. So our first guest is from Maryland. This is Suzanne. Welcome to the Psychic Inside Show. Thank you so much. I had a time listening. Uh Hi. Hey, if you have your volume up, if you turn it on mute while you're on the live, then that will help with the delay. How are you? Thanks for calling this evening. Thank you. I um, would like to know, yeah, I'm getting reverb here. Um, 
Now, is that better? I think yeah. we've got you clear, yes. Okay. Um, I would like to know anything you can tell me about my own energy or aura. Uh, I can't do a, a distance aura reading for you. Um, you know, that's not how it works for me. Uh, okay. So I use equipment to see. Yeah, I use equipment to be able to see your aura. So I can tell, you know, if you have questions about energy in general, I can speak to that, but I can't speak to what your aura or energy look like um, over the telephone. Well, I just wanted to say how much I enjoyed learning all the new things that you were sharing tonight. A lot of things that I didn't really know. I've had other people tell me that I can, that I'm an empath and that I pick up other people's energy and things, and I don't Mm -hmm. see it or feel it, but... There are things that I know, and I just assumed mm-hmm. everybody knows them. Things I see when I go into a room, like I read a room that I guess other people don't. And because I'm right. always kind of surprised. Is that kind of what happens? But you so, maybe just do it right. automatically? So, so being an empath, I always describe it this way. It's like being one of those peel-and-stick lint rollers and having stuff stick to you every time you walk into a room. Right. Mm -hmm. So you walk in and you pick up the energy of the space. You pick up the Mm -hmm. energy of the people in it. Um, Often you can tell if there was an argument there. If historically Mm -hmm. there was a really horrible event that happened, there might be a heaviness. Um, Sometimes like in conference centers or or stadiums or anything that has um, closed feelings, um, that has a lot of big emotions or big energy that happens there. Sometimes those spaces can feel heavy for impacts because there's a lot of stuck emotions or stuck energy mm-hmm. in an enclosed space. So um, from that perspective, things that all impacts can do that are, um, you know, to, to work on their auric field, um, you can do some form of shielding. Um, which can be as simple as envisioning yourself in a golden light um, before you mm-hmm. go out into the world to interact with people. It could be adding sea salt to your bath wash to clear your auric field. Um, I like copper tensor tools. Tensor tools are copper when it's twisted together and joined together at its end to form a circle. Um, it's thought to produce a column of light. And so you can use these tensor tools to clear um, rooms or to clear your own energy. Um, I'll often use a a large tensor ring to clear people's energy when they come in for a reading. Or if I'm doing a lot of energetic work, I'll, I'll sit my chair inside of one of the circles just to kind of protect my own energy because my energy is really, really sensitive. I pick up everything Mm -hmm. from people. Um, I used to get really sick all the time because I would pick up, like if someone was sick, I would get whatever they had. Um, And I've done a lot of work on my shielding and on um, grounding myself and on being less susceptible to that because I'm, I'm way more intentional about my energy. But being mm-hmm. an empath is very similar um, to a radio antenna. So what, what the important part about that is to remember that you don't only receive everybody's energy, you have the ability to broadcast your energy outward. 
and mm-hmm. people will receive it much more readily than they would receive a person that's not as in tuned. And so mm-hmm. the the thing that I suggest to people that are super energetically sensitive, like you seem to be, is setting your energetic intentions before you walk into a space. A lot of times we walk Mm -hmm. in like a blank slate, like whatever happens, happens. And that's not really a cool way to live because whatever happens is going to be whatever the strongest energy in that room says is going to happen. So if Mm -hmm. you sit in your car prior to walking in and kind of get yourself together energetically and decide the energy that you want to broadcast, you can broadcast out the experience that you're trying to have and bring everybody in line with that as opposed to just going in and Mm -hmm. kind of being assaulted by energy and picking up whatever happens. Right, yeah. Yeah, so that's definitely my yeah my uh, advice for most impasse is that practice the broadcasting part. If you're sensitive enough to pick it up, you're also sensitive enough to broadcast, and people will pick up the energy that you're putting out. I mean, it, it, and it works in the most like even the most experiences that are the the most fraught with um, frustration and things like that. I recently had an awesome car buying experience but when I got out of my car at the dealership I decided the experience that I was going to have and I rejected anything that didn't correspond with that mm, that's amazing you know you so, mentioned that you used yeah, to no. get sick mm-hmm. um, so, I, I, did, and I, just, um, I yeah I used to walk, like could walk into a hospital or whatever and by the time I walked out I had some sort of new ailment yeah, it's and like I, I work actually work in a sensitive. hospital now. Yeah, oh, and good, I, good I really, Lord. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I was a school teacher for 33 years before that, teaching little kids. And I swear, I almost felt like I was a hypochondriac because I would like think, oh my gosh, I'm getting sick. I have a sore throat. I have a little. I feel like I'm feverish or whatever. And then, you know, maybe three hours later or whatever, it'll go away. And I thought, what yep. is wrong with me? Is that what yep, it is? Your impact. Mm-hmm. That is being empathic, like literally you're picking up their emotions, their physical sensations. Um, I've had my leg go completely numb and, you know, developed a limp for a couple of hours, like I, I, all yep. sorts of random things. And so um, that's where shielding is going to be really important for you, um, you know, because it sounds like you're super, super sensitive like me, and um, it's not fun. And it does make people think that you're a hypochondriac or an attention seeker because you're. it's almost like mimicry, right? My roommate had an ulcer, uh-huh. and um, I went and ate something that was on her do not eat list, and I swear to God, I almost died. Like, they took me to the hospital. They thought I was having uh-huh. appendicitis, but they could not find a route for it. Oh, Ladies, I'm sorry you know. here. My show is telling me that it's going to disconnect. I have tried to oh, extend okay. it, so we will see if it does that. It's kind of a glitch. Thank okay. you, Mercury Retrograde. But uh, if it continues on past the next 20 or 30 seconds or so, then I'll know that I was able to make the adjustment appropriately. I'm sorry. Well, I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you so much for all your help. Thank, Thank you, you so much for calling. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Bye-bye. Okay. I don't know if it's going to disconnect or not. Let's give it, it just said a few more seconds here. I do have Sandy who was hoping to come on to uh, interact as well. Let us see. All right. I think we're continuing. <laughs> so we're hopefully continuing here on the broadcast for the Psychic Inside Show with Nikki Nickerson of Beautiful Soul Aura Photography. And thank you, Suzanne, for your call. And we've now got Sandy on the line. Welcome to the conversation, Sandy. Hey, this- This conversation has been amazing. Can you all hear me okay? Absolutely. I I love your voice, Sandy. (laughs) And I listened. I didn't get a chance to to listen live last week, but I listened back. And it was so funny because I was in the midst of listening and Joelle called me, the vibrarian, y'all. She called me. And... As I was listening, and it was so funny because you guys had just gotten to the po- the point where Joelle quoted uh, Walt Whitman, and he was saying, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, you know, I do I contradict myself very well? I contradict myself. I'm wide. I contain multitudes. That's my saying. I was just like, of course you guys were talking about that. Like, literally, I say that all the time. I also tell people that all the ancestors are in here, all of them, even the one that we like to sit in them way in the back. <laughs> and them jokers will hop up over them seats when need be. But hi, Sandy. Hi, Sandy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hello, Nikki. For those who are listening, Joelle is just amazing. Thank you so much, Nikki, for bringing Joelle to our group. Um, <laughs> I love Joelle's energy. That's how you introduced us to us. So I'm grateful, grateful, so grateful for her. And you, Nikki, oh, my God, I have tremendously enjoyed listening in to you all's conversation today. It's like I am always in awe, Nikki, as you are sharing. I'm, no matter how many times I've heard you share what it is that you do and who you are, I'm always learning something new. And I'm just so grateful. This has been such an amazing show today. Um. And thank you to that caller, too. <laughs> she wanted you to give her an R reading. I'm like, like okay, so that's next time the list. We're going to figure that one out, Nikki. Um, I know it. <laughs> so you, there, there, there are some things that you shared today that was um, really profound um, when you shared them. And you mentioned something with reference to um, – there was a moment in time where you looked at yourself in the mirror and you did not recognize yourself. Mm -hmm. When an individual experienced something like that, what is a great place that they can start? Like if I were to experience that, like what are some things that could help me get past that awareness that I am someone that I really don't even recognize at this point? You know, uh, that was one of the you questions know. that came to my mind. Mm-hmm. For me, um, like I said, for me, everything's frequency, right? So everything is sound-based or um, energy-based. So for me, the quickest way to address if I'm having a moment where I'm completely out of sorts or what have you is um, affirmations. 
or um, for me, affirmation music. Like I keep an affirmation playlist on. Like I, I swear, my mom and and my boyfriend and everybody, like they just get tired of all the songs that are constantly on repeat. But for me, they help to ground me and to help me to bring me back to myself, right? Um, even if I have a moment where I'm like, I don't, because sometimes I don't feel like I'm in my body. Like I'm not present. I'm not fully present. And coming back to my body is always such a jolt to have to deal with these things here on earth, right? Um, and so for me, affirmation music is is really helpful. Um, I also am a huge fan of guided meditations. Um, I love the Brain Tap app that uses dual voice meditations. For me, um, those have been really, really helpful in addressing things subconsciously where I can see the benefits and see the the reactions happening kind of in real time um, after I started listening to the, the various meditations. And so that's one of the recommendations I make to a bunch of people that come in to see me is various guided meditations or um, developing your own affirmation playlist if you don't have one, um, you know, whatever positive songs or, you know, whatever speaks to you. For some people, it's the sound of sound bowls or what have you. But it's whatever makes you reconnect with yourself, like where you feel the most yourself that you can be. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of the artist Coax Marie, um, but uh, two weekends ago I was at her show um, at the Healing Environment, and she's one of my favorite affirmation artists. And um, her songs tend to have like one lyric. Um, One of my favorites is I Am Enough. Um, And it's kind of her saying that like, um, but when she sings, it speaks to your soul and you find yourself singing along to it and reminding yourself and remembering that you are enough in this moment, in the moment that passed, in the moments that are coming. Um, and that kind of helps to settle you and gird you. There's a reason why we used to sing. There, there, there is a reason why um, people would sing as they worked and why in all of these cultures that part of it is song and dance because frequency is transmitted through our voices, right? And movement frees our energy. So dancing for me around my house, you know, singing some music, movement, 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 because we are such a stagnant people and we tend to kind of curl into ourselves and make ourselves smaller as opposed to expanding our limbs and our motions to make ourselves larger and to expand our energetic field. Um, often we put up so many barriers that when we meet people or we're having an experience, we have such an idea of how it's supposed to go that we're not available in the moment to have the experience that's being offered to us. And so learning to physically push down barriers about what is this experience supposed to look like? What is it supposed to feel like? What is an energetic exchange you know, comprised of who can teach me energetically, push all those barriers down, right? Because we decide that, oh, she don't look like she can tell me anything. She looks too young. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't like the way she speaks. 
right? All of those kinds of things get in the way of you receiving what you're supposed to receive. When you find those things rising up in yourself, remind yourself that you have the ability to push this down, just to push it down and stop deciding what it's supposed to be and let it be what it is. And man, you open yourself up to so much magic, like so many energetic exchanges, um, your relationships deepen because you're not so busy deciding that they're disappointing you for not being what you decided they should be and actually experiencing what is, which often is way deeper and, and more fulfilling than whatever it was that you were trying to force. Mm. <laughs> wow. That was deep, right, Joelle? That was I know. I'm sitting here, I'm like snapping my fingers, like, yup. <laughs> yes. That was so deep, mm-hmm. and you went to some spaces that I had not even considered Nikki, um, so thank you so, so, so much. And then the last little piece, Joelle, if I have um, just a few more moments, um, the last little piece was in the very beginning of the interview, Nikki, um, Joelle was was asking you to share a little bit about your life and your experience and how you got on the journey uh, with the aura um, technology that you use. And you mentioned something when you were a little girl, how you could actually um, see the auras. Um, And more and more I'm noticing that our children are coming here very intuitive, like Mm -hmm. any suggestions that you may have for us who have children, grandchildren. I'm a new grandma, y'all. Woo-woo. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Congratulations, um, so Mama. <laughs> thank you, sweetheart. I could definitely use this for myself. But when we when we are guardians of children, like, so things are more acceptable for us to express what it is we are openly expressing now about um, our abilities, our heightened senses, our clairvoyant senses and things. What is it that a parent or a guardian can do to help support a young person, a child, or someone who are discovering these new awarenesses, which are different, maybe not the normal, considered the normal, right? Openly discussed to make things feel comfortable to be discussed. What are some things that we can do to help assist um, on that journey for a child, a young adult who may be experiencing some of those things, like what you've experienced as a child? Um, I think that there are so many books and um, and videos and mediums now that deal with um, energy in child's lang- in a child's language that, um, you know, and and all sorts of resources that kind of didn't exist at that time or at least did not exist in the community that I was in, right? Um, I I think that with the um, advent of the Internet and all of this information, which can be so overwhelming and so distracting, in there also is the ability now for us to tap into other other people's experiences with their children, resources that they've developed, and um, groups for people that have um, energetically sensitive children. There's such a movement around um, 
kind of embracing one's inner child now that there are a lot of things that kind of lead to conscious parenting and lead us away from, you know, I kind of struggle with this because my son, you know, I I grew up in the advent of computer era. So that's what we were talking about earlier too, is that, you know, um, as we were coming of age is when all the computer stuff started happening and, and this kind of inundation of information started happening. And so when I was raising my son, it was kind of during that period where there were so many distractions. And so I wish that I had had a number of the tools that are available now that I could have honed a lot of things a lot differently. Um, but those tools do exist now, and, and they are available to us where we can be teaching children about meditation and yoga and breath work from very, very early on. And those tools alone will change the course of a person's life because being able to breathe through your emotions, um, being able to calm your mind when it's racing, um, being able to identify the emotion that you're having. If you guys haven't checked out um, Brene Brown's, uh, mm-hmm. last name Brown, Brene, yeah. it's Brown, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, her um, her uh, series on HBO, Atlas of the Heart, that deals with identifying emotions, and it's so helpful for us as parents, but just us as people to be able to identify our own emotions and to be able to help us to help someone else articulate what emotion that they're having to us so that we don't start acting on what we think they're experiencing. Um, but that is huge. And doing that with children so that they have the language as they're growing up to be able to articulate what they think and feel Um, really gives them the ability to communicate on a level that is so far beyond the tools that we had at that age that I am so excited for who these little people are going to become. Um, I'm always so excited when parents bring their littles into my office and they want to see what the energy looks like and the kids are so engaged and all that kind of stuff because I think, wow, you know, this exposure at this age and them understanding their energy and knowing now when your mom is talking about that friend that kind of doesn't make you feel good, that literally that they are impacting your energy and now you know that your energy is a tangible thing, the way that you think about your interactions with them going forward is different. Like our kids will learn to evaluate things um, on a level that it's taken me to, I'm going to be 49 tomorrow till now, to be able to have these types of in-depth relationships with people and, 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 and to be able to clearly articulate my feelings and to be comfortable doing that. And, you know, that's a struggle when you didn't grow up doing that, when you didn't grow up in a space where people had that awareness and that language, you know, like it's not a matter of your parents didn't want you to be you in particular to be able to express yourself. No one was expressing themselves. Right. No one was (laughs) talking about their feelings and how they felt because no one cared about your feelings. They cared about what you did or didn't do. Now we've switched into this thing where, you know, where um, people are more aware of their feelings and how, 
things are, you know, how impactful energy is, how impactful dealing with your emotions and being able to clearly articulate them and being able to receive feedback is, um, you know, it leads to a different environment. Those children are growing up with different parents. So, you know, we are different than our parents were. A lot of us are a lot more open to things because we've had exposure to things that they haven't had exposure to. And so we parent differently. And our children will parent differently, and they will come from a more conscious parenting place. Um, we're, we're getting better, y'all. <laughs> we're getting better. We're evolving. One of, Thank you, you so talking, much, Joelle. You know, that was perfect question, Sandy, because I was wondering if you had had occasion to work with either parents of children who were like on the spectrum or adults who were on a spectrum in terms of attention and processing, um, neuro, not neurotypical or atypical. Um, have you had any sessions where you've been able to provide auric energy insights that were helpful to the parent uh, in dealing with like a so much of when you're in the atypical realm is that it processes not through the logical brain, but through a larger set of senses that these these younger folks that have online that we don't have in terms of how we process the world. So have you seen any evidence of that in any sessions that you've had? I haven't had any um, sessions with autistic children um, where that was brought out, you know, where the parent identified that this child is autistic. I have had numerous sessions with children that were very short sessions, and so there's not a lot of um, Mm -hmm. um, conversation around that. I have had many sessions with non-neurotypical adults. Um, And that presents in any number of ways. I don't consider myself neurotypical. I definitely suffer from from or, you know, excel because of ADD, like depending on the day, you know, (laughs) some days it's a challenge and other days it's a superpower. Um, But um, I deal with a lot of non-neurotypical adults because what happens is people that deal in the spiritual realm um, often will present as having issues similar to ADD, ADHD, or what have you, because that's the easiest way for to us to explain how, why their mind works differently, as opposed to talking about the influences of spirit and um, the ability to communicate outside of the normal realms of communication, the normal accepted realms of communication. Mm-hmm. It's again, it's like this evolution of the way that we operate, the way the technology operates, and we're, I think, heading to what do they call that singularity point where all things, the, the true resonance of how it's just a different language for the same thing, uh, you know. Absolutely. We're, we're moving most to ideas- that. Yeah, because most ideas are birthed at the same time in different areas of the world. And so the language that we're going to use around that idea is going to be different depending on who is bringing it forth, right? So in order Mm -hmm. to ensure that the idea makes its way into the world, it's not just given to one person. 
right? Because you have to realize that it's, it's just like everything else. It's just like the eggs and the sperm and all of that. When, when something's being fertilized, they shoot everything they have at it so that the, the, the creation can be brought forth, right? So it's not only going to go to one person. So when you have these major epiphanies and things like that, you're usually not the only one that has them. Because in order to ensure that the idea is brought forth and that it becomes known in the world, more than one person has it. And so it's cool when you start meeting up with the other people that have had similar thoughts or similar experiences because um, hearing them, seeing them bolsters your belief in what your message is. Mm -hmm. It's like a healthy kind of validation, right? <laughs> Not that, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. It, it is affirming more than validating because when we're uh, it, we're meant to see our reflection in others. So this is a perfect opportunity to watch what is emerging through the consciousness. I what I had this vision of, you know, back to our retro era. Sandy, I'm sure you can relate as well, is having mood rings, like, and we would, or mood changing lip gloss, right? That was our little mm-hmm. 70s version yes. of how energy is coming through our little technology, which was a ring or, you know, chemical that we put on our lips. So today's generation kids are already wearing Fitbits and knowing how many steps they took and what their heart rate was and what their hydration level was. In another turn of the technology wheel, then the persistent aura graph also beams to them on their smart device. You know, um, Mm -hmm. it's the evolution of the body interacting energetically being made visible. And I, I think that it's been pretty cool to be in the middle of those two points. It's super cool. I love technology. I love the ability to show people things on the screen. Um, But I also love disconnecting too and really just tuning into myself because, um, you know, technology can be overpowering. And and also it could be too much information, right? Like, you know, you don't want to be assessing and evaluating yourself every minute of the day. Like some, you need to have some time to just be. And um, the older I get, the more that, and the more appreciative of I, that I am of that time where I don't have to be anything to anyone for any reason, and I can just be. And you know, I, I love days when I can become awake. Like I don't have an alarm. I don't have something that wakes me up. I just go from being asleep to awake. Like I've learned to really cherish the days that I'm allowed to have that, you know, Mm -hmm. that experience of just slowly becoming awake and becoming aware of my surroundings, that I'm not being jolted awake by an alarm. I'm not being, you know, called awake by someone talking to me. Like just the, the time to become awake and to become aware of my surroundings and to see how I feel, like, oh, uh, how do my legs feel this morning? How does my arm feel? How does this feel? Um, all of those things, you know, the, the flip side of technology, right? So taking technology out of it, not having my phone next to me, that kind of stuff when I first wake up is a huge blessing. 
as much as I love technology, I also know that it's important to disconnect and not to monitor everything all the time and not to hyper fixate on fixing yourself. Like I think that for me, I've become one of my favorite subjects to study and to understand, but I no longer do that with an eye towards fixing myself. Mm -hmm. It's with an eye towards understanding myself. That's a helpful place to continue to stand in. And it's like your first aura scan of the day is your internal internal where am I at right now? The lights just came on inside my consciousness. Let me check in and see what my systems are telling me. You know, the organic aura reading, if you will. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, it's super cool, man. And um, you know, and if you've done an actual session and you see how different stones um impact you. So um, selenite tends to like charge all your chakras, right? As soon as you bring it into your auric field, especially if you bring it in around the heart chakra, just about everything expands. And most people can like literally feel it. Um, uh, and we all have different responses to different stones, but kind of knowing what your response is helps you to guide yourself on what to do when you're not feeling your best. Like, oh, my energy feels really low. Let me hang on to this selenite for a little bit. Or let me put my feet on this selenite log. Or let me hold this piece of shell right. Or whatever it is that helps to bring you balance. But when you've seen it on a screen, what's happening to you, then when you reach for it, you do so with more confidence. Mm-hmm. It's having those tools as you talk about, you know, I really appreciate that you've given tools that are actually usable from just the things that you shared about your journey and how you manage your energy field to the potential tool of having an aura photography session with you or a practitioner near where you actually live if you're not in the Atlanta area. Uh, it's been very insightful to be able to have this conversation with you. I feel like I've got a couple more things to put in my little uh, tool belt, if you will. It's a virtual one, so it has huge capacity. I'm thankful for being able to gather as much wisdom and medicine from people such as yourself. And I thank you for spending the time with this in your birthday eve as well it's just been truly a pleasure nikki i hope you hear the smile in my voice (laughs) i do and i'm smiling too i'm like this has been an awesome conversation it's been a great way to close out my year and it's been an amazing year and i want to thank um you know all of the clients that have entrusted me to stop by and kind of check out their energy everything um We've grown exponentially this year, uh, this past year, <laughs> um, and we're so looking forward to this year that's coming, um, you know, because every year it just gets better, and I get to meet people like you and Sandy and Karima and um, Truist and and Althea, like just so many people that are doing the work on a daily basis and are really committed to raising the collective consciousness. And um, without these light workers doing this work, 
what we would be experiencing on a daily basis would be completely different. So I'm so grateful for each of you and the lives that you um, that you impact because um, each each little person that you touch, every life that you help to improve is raising the collective energy higher. And so, you know, if you focus on that in in your daily whatever, you can't go wrong. When we're up, we're up, okay? (laughs) Uh, Yes. This has been the Psychic Inside Show and my guest, Nikki Nickerson of Beautiful Soul, B-E-Y-O-U. To full soul aura photography. It's been a beautiful experience to have you be you, and we'll put the contact <laughs> information in. I hope that you have a beautiful week and that your life is so blessed, and that those blessings spill out from your arms to bless the world around you. The light in me absolutely honors the light in you. Namaste. Namaste. You've been listening to the Psychic Inside Show with Joelle the Vibrarian. If it's in the psychic realm, it's our passion. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Vibrarian and on YouTube at The Vibrary. The show airs on Tuesdays at 8 Eastern on The Vibrary Radio Network. See you next week on The Psychic Inside Show.